Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series by series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And we, in pretty exciting news, you can now subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write for Bleed Cubby Blue. And I am not going to lie, I was really excited to see the subscription services went live when I woke up. What about you, Andy? Hi, I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek. Yes, very excited. I've had quite a few people ask me to let them know when uh, it was available on all these different services. So I was very happy to be tweeting and Facebooking that they are all on there now. So you can subscribe to us and get notified when new content is out. Outstanding. Please subscribe. Please uh, leave us a rating or review. And as always, you can also follow us on our Twitter, which is at Cup of Cubby Blue, and let us know what questions you have or things you'd like to hear covered. Right now, we're going to jump right in to looking back at this Red Series, which was kind of a clunker for a bunch of reasons. It just ended as we're about to record. And with it, it ended the Cubs' uh, eight game. Um, eight series win streak, which was something they had not done since 2008, I believe. Um, But there were some good things in this series before we get into where the Cubs had some problems. So let's take a look back to game one. What did you notice in game one, Andy? Well, um, again, Kyle Hendricks on the bump. I mean, really, he did everything. He was the offense. He was uh, the defense slash pitching. I mean, it was quite the game for him. I mean, he had the same amount of hits as the Reds had total. So if that doesn't tell you what kind of performance or what kind of groove Kyle Hendricks is in, um, you're not paying attention. Yeah, I thought that was incredible. I mean, frankly, the two RBI double that he had in the second was literally all the offense the Cubs would need in that game because Kyle was just on fire. That is three starts in a row from him where he has pitched at least eight innings and he looks like he did in 2016. I mean, he really just looks incredible right now. I mean, is there anything this guy can't do? Like, seriously, it's funny to me because I know he is such like a poker face. Like you you don't see a whole lot of emotion out of him. But um, what who had the catch? Was it? It was Albert Elmore. And I was just going to say he showed a lot of emotion on that catch. It was great. Yes. It was it was very refreshing to see because clearly you can see that he's all in right now. Like he's really feeling it. And like he felt like maybe he made a mistake right there. And his good old center fielder there, Albert Almora Jr. saved his little tushy and we got a nice reaction from him. That was that was actually really refreshing to see that from him. Yeah, I thought that was outstanding. He had a kind of a humorous postgame interview as well. I'll see if I can find the video of that. And retweet it on our Twitter account. But I agree. Kyle Hendricks is not only pitching out of his mind right now. He's clearly having a lot of fun. And he's giving us a little bit of an insight into his reaction from games, which I think is a lot of fun to see. Oh, for sure. And again, like, you know, we've said this now since this was, what, his third great start in a row. Um, It's really, it's a good, good sign for this team when you are finally starting to see some of their key players hit their stride and really start performing the way that we expected them to when the season started. Listen, if the two and seven start was indicative of what was going to happen later, I'm fine with it. Like, 
like Al said last episode, you know, if we do that again in June, people don't hardly notice that as much because, you know, they have a much bigger sample size to go from, you know, so I, I'm loving where he is right now. And he's kind of, I feel like he might be bringing some of his teammates with him. So as long as we keep, you know, in this direction, I know the outcome of this series was not what we hoped for, but I'm not ready to, you know, to, to give up on how this team is playing. And I don't think, um, you know, and obviously we'll talk about tonight's game a little bit more after game two, but I don't, I, I still like what is happening with our offense. I mean, this was a tough pitcher we went up against tonight. So obviously the rubber game didn't go our way, but, um, you know, I, I just, I feel like we're still in a good place and I'm not ready to say, you know, well, we're probably going to have a low now. I, I'm not ready for that. I, I think we still, we can still uh, go into this weekend on a high. Yeah, I do want to talk a little bit about game two, but let's, uh, we can come back to that. Let's jump right into tonight's game. It Tonight's game was just kind of weird. I mean, there was a two hour rain delay right in the middle Quintana pitched really well outside of a fifth inning that had a lot of just fluky stuff. He had like back-to-back wild pitches that basically was the ball game. And frankly, while those were wild pitches and they were on Quintana, I think that those are balls that Wilson Contreras probably handles better nine times out of 10. I don't know if the rain got to him or on one of the pitches, it looks like he was set up high and Quintana really just spiked a ball in the dirt and he didn't even have a chance on it. Um, but so that that was disappointing to lose a game in that way. Um, the the thing that really jumped out at me right before we started recording in on the broadcast, JD mentioned that over the course of the series, the Cubs had 33 strikeouts to only four walks against the Reds. And that is just not the team that we've been seeing these past few series. You know, we talked last week about how this team has really been walking a lot and they've been taking advantage of those free passes, bringing those runners around to score. And it is hard to do that when you are striking out 33 times over the course of a series. Oh, my. Yes. And, you know, that kind of brings me to the point that I made last episode, too, is I said it was important for the Cubs to beat the bad teams, to beat the teams that they should be beating. And they, plain and simple, did not do that this series when you know, by all intents and purposes, the baseball gods wanted them to win this game tonight. I don't know. It, I'm sure you saw it. Um, but for our listeners, the the hit that scored two runs in the first inning off of Luis Castillo, or was it the second inning? Um, very early in the game. It was the first I mean, inning. Was, I thought so. Yeah. When the, when the uh, roller up the third baseline went off the bag and, and basically, I mean, it was like Baez put a hex on it. I mean, it was just crazy. The ball just kind of made a crazy bounce and we had two runs score and it was just I, to me that felt very fluky and it was like you cannot you know waste that that was um the baseball gods like trying to tell you guys let's you know let's do something here because Luis Castillo is going to be tough and he was he was definitely tough absolutely I mean that all of the offense that the Cubs put up in that first inning that was the Cubs offense that we're used to seeing you know we're used to seeing Chris Bryant work a walk we're used to seeing Javi Baez uh, hit a double up the line where Wilson got a little bit lucky on that, on his double, but that brought both the runs into score. And that's kind of what we've gotten used to. And then the bats just sort of went dead after that. There were a lot of K's and they really just never came back in this game. Um, the game that was also a little bit weird. And I want to talk about a little bit was the second game in this series. So you Darvish, 
has been getting a lot of flack for walking the world, and he totally should get that flack. Um, but I think he just basically decided he wanted to fix his walk to strikeout ratio all in one game because in game two, he struck out 11 reds and had no walks, <laughs> which was definitely an improvement. He did give up a bunch of hits, but I, it was interesting to see you uh, Darvish pitching to contact a little bit more, trusting his defense a little bit more. You know, he still had a super high pitch count, so he was out of the game after five and a third innings, which is frankly what I think did the team in. We'll talk about bullpen management and how the bullpen couldn't hang on to this game in a second. But what do you think of you, Darvish, Andy? Well, I have to confess, I was not able to watch this game. This is the first Chicago Cubs baseball game of 2019 that I did not get to watch an inning of. Um, and quite frankly, I was not even in a spot today where I could go back and watch any of the replays or, or video highlights or anything. So. Um, I just from what I was reading as far as the box and as far as like some highlights on social media, to me, it just sounded like, um, you know, Darvish was kind of in a groove. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of negativity. I saw a lot of people being very surprised that he hadn't walked anybody. Um, you know, it, it just I feel like with him and I know we say this every single time we discuss him, but you just, you don't know what you're going to get. You feel like you take two steps forward and then the next time, maybe three steps back. So I want to get excited about him. I really do. Every part of me wants to get excited about you, Darvish, because I kind of feel like, again, he is the weakest link in this rotation right now. And if he can at least just even be the average you, Darvish, I think this rotation will be unstoppable. But right now he's just kind of a question mark. And, you know, the high pitch counts, you know, him not be able, being able to get through six innings. I mean, we, we need him to be able to extend his starts at least, you know, a couple times. Jeez Louise. I, he's had the shortest starts of everybody this year. So, um, I mean, we have, we have, I feel like a, a pretty deep bullpen. I don't know how solid we can argue they are right now, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I just want to be so excited about him. I want to see him go out and have a really quality start and be able to give us six innings. Heck, seven innings would be nice. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, I, I don't have a whole lot to go on because I didn't see any of any of his performance from last night. But the fact that he didn't have any walks to me is definitely a positive point, And hopefully we can build on that going forward. Yeah, he's going to have a heck of a test in his next outing when he comes back to Wrigley Field and faces off with none other than Jake Arrieta. But that is a conversation for episode six, which we will be recording this weekend. Um, well, and the other oh, part ahead. of that, too, sorry. The other part of that, too, is I get really frustrated with the folks that talk about you, Darvish, being such a head case. Like, I get it. You know, we just expect that because they make millions of dollars and do something that is considered a game as a profession, they are, they should have the mental capacity to, to be able to handle all these challenges and different things that we know nothing about, but that's not necessarily the case. And so I really get tired of people kind of making fun of him for that. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of that if he doesn't have at least a decent showing on Monday. And that makes me really sad because that's not really something to joke about. That's a serious issue with baseball players. And there's plenty of books and studies out there to show you that um, you don't need to hear it from me, but I think we need to go a little easy on you, Darvish. Obviously 
I would say that about anybody on our team. I, I'm not just saying it about you, Darvish. I, anybody on our team in his situation, there's a lot of pressure on this young man. And I feel for him and I want to be excited about him. And I just hope that he goes out on Monday and just, you know, keeps his head clear and, and does what he can do. You know, I mean, that's really all he can do right now. So. Yeah, it would absolutely be huge to have a big game from you at Wrigley Field. It's going to be crazy to see Jake Arrieta pitching at Wrigley Field, not for the Cubs. Um, uh, that's, are you going? I am. I'm going to be I'm sitting so in the jealous. bleachers. I'm so <laughs> I'm, jealous. I'm going to be sitting. I, so I'm a little bit, I don't know. I, I'm i going to be in the same place I was for Jake Arrieta's last game at Wrigley Field because I was in the bleachers uh, for his uh, game against the Dodgers in the NLCS in 2017. So I'm a little... I'm I'm a little torn. I I love Jake Arrieta and I I miss him and I also really want you Darvish to have a great game and I hope that Jake Arrieta gets blown out just for his trip to Wrigley. <laughs> well, and I know it's I'm sure it will be an emotional moment. I'm a huge Jake Arrieta fan. I love that guy. I am happy we went the direction we went in um for a couple of different reasons obviously we don't need to go into right now but um it, it's kind of just one of those things where now, you know what, guys, nothing we say, nothing we complain about or, you know, however many times we say it or to who we say it is going to change the fact that you Darvish is now in a Cubs uniform and Jake Arrieta is in a Phillies uniform. So I understand the love for Jake because I have it as well, but we also got to kind of support our team too. So it's easy to be hard on you, Darvish. He's given us lots of reasons to doubt him, but let's let's try and stay with the Cubs on this one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, just final notes from game two, and then we can move on to our next segment. But, you know, the bullpen kind of had a rough outing, uh, both in game two and in game three. They were not the lockdown bullpen we've seen, which really is how this series got away from the Cubs. And hopefully that's just a slight aberration. I mean, they didn't look bad. They didn't look the as bad as they did at the start of the season, but they certainly did not look crisp they were giving up a lot of home runs and giving up some decent contact to the reds um well yeah, go ahead. i think if we're gonna have a bad series for the bullpen i think against the reds is good because any other team that we're gonna play that's gonna be somewhat competitive that we can possibly see you know late in the season they would have probably went all the way in on our bullpen and scored way more runs than the reds did so i think if this was the series where they needed to kind of slack off and not be as dominant as they had been leading up to the series. Fine. Okay. Get it out of your system. And now let's turn it back on for the, for Washington. Absolutely. We are going to talk about Washington uh, in a little bit before we do that there, you know, the Cubs may have ended their series win streak with their loss to the Reds tonight, but there are a lot of other streaks still going on on the team that are active. So let's take a look at a couple of those. I want to start off with Chris Bryant, who has a 26 game on base streak dating back to April 17th. And he walked in the first inning tonight. So that uh, streak is still intact. That's basically a full month of Chris Bryant looking like an MVP. Andy, what do you think of Chris Bryant and his on base thing streak? I mean, he is just seeing the ball so good and and his patience. I mean, he's really being selective, which is key, I think, to his success for many reasons. But you see him be the most successful at the plate, whether it's hitting, walking, whatever, when he's really, um, really slowing down and, you know, being patient, um, you know, and he's a very smart baseball player. So even though he's bat second most of the time, all of the time, pretty much. Um, 
he you know when he's standing up there in the in the circle waiting to go up to bat watching whoever's leading off that day he's taking in a lot of um information from that first at bat so you know i give him a lot of credit because he's he's a good in-game study you watch him making in-game adjustments and at bat adjustments that you don't see a whole lot of players make and you're noticing that because like you said his on base is just crazy right now and um, for him to be taking as many walks as he is and and making as good a contact as he is, it just right now, I think he looks better than he did in 2016. But I mean that again, we're early in the season. It remains to be seen. I just I'm loving where he's at right now, and I hope he can just keep this up. Yeah, you're not the first person I've heard say that Chris Bryant looks better than he did in his MVP campaign in 2016. I hope he can keep it up too. You mentioned his on base percentage right now. It is for the month of May, he's it's at 445 and he's slugging 651, which is incredible. So hopefully he keeps that going in Washington, DC. Another streak that is still active, Javi Baez has a 14-game hit streak. He literally has a hit in every game in May which is incredible. And the thing that kind of blew my mind as I was looking at the splits on this is, you know, Javi got off to a really hot start in 2019. People were talking about how it was incredible that he looked like he'd gotten even better than he was in 2018 when he came in second in MVP voting. Well, in the month of May, he's even better than he was to start the season in 2019. He's currently, uh, for the month of May, he's slashing 364, 390, 600. And I had no idea Javi could get even hotter. I mean, I honestly am starting to question whether or not this dude has a ceiling. I really am. Because every time you think we've seen every facet of his game at the highest level it possibly could be, he raises the bar. So, I mean, I love it. I don't know why he's not extended yet. That's a conversation for another time. But Seriously. I, I mean, it's ridiculous to me. I don't know what the holdup is. I, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. He is, I mean, if he is not considered already just a generational talent that people will look back on as having changed the game of baseball, even in just the smallest ways. I've mentioned it before, and I still s- stay very convinced to the fact that his base running, his tagging ability, it's little by little changing the way that people play this game, whether it's little kids watching him or even I've seen numerous other, you know, professional baseball players, how they slide now. They're they're trying to mimic the way he slides. You know, he is changing this game. He is just, he's, we are so lucky we get to watch him every day. Let's just put it that way. He is just so fun in every aspect of the game. And I just, I, I don't think he has a ceiling. And I, I mean, I honestly don't. And Good. Keep it up, you know, but let's get him signed. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I agree with that. Speaking of uh, the hotness of Javi Baez, did you happen to catch the video where Lester jokes that Javi's not, hasn't heated up yet, he's not hot yet, and Chris Bryant asks what <laughs> what player is watching? <laughs> no, but I can only imagine. John Lester is like on one this year. He is freaking hilarious. Him and Chris Bryant. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll have to retweet that one from our Twitter account. That's It's good stuff. You should absolutely check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, John Lester and Chris Bryant debating how hot Javi Baez is right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of Twitter, we did already retweet this, but another streak uh, of a different nature. Did you see what happened at the Cardinals-Braves game on Wednesday night, Andy? Okay, 
so no, I was not, trust me, I was not watching any baseball and it, I definitely would not have been watching the Cardinals over the Cubs, but I went back after you um, messaged me the note about that. I went back and watched it several times and this is hilarious. <laughs> this is absolutely worthy of you going out and finding it and watching it right now because Mike Schill, if you know anything about him, you probably, one of the first things that you know is that he does not have a personality. People in St. Louis will tell you that there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, that's how he is. That's he's got no personality. This video cracks me up though, because there's a whole lot of personality coming out of his mouth in like the 15 (laughs) seconds that you get to see, but it is hilarious. Yeah. Mike Schultz reaction to a streaker in Atlanta is uh, not podcast safe, but uh, you should definitely check out the video. It's not, it's not exactly hard to see what he's saying and the camera is right on him it's incredible (laughs) yeah this is a family podcast we're not gonna go ahead and give you that language (laughs) (laughs) well uh so we had a non-boring moment from the cardinals manager which you know that's that's kind of a that might be the craziest thing to happen all week i don't know I was really uh, hoping that you would mention that that was not boring because that was not boring. I do no, have to give him credit for that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Sarah, you got to give him credit when it's due. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, credit to Mike Schill for having a non-boring Cardinals moment. Um, <laughs> some roster moves before we head into the break. If you watched Thursday night's game, you know that Victor Caratini is back and playing for the Cubs, which means Taylor Davis and his stare has returned to Iowa. Rizzo was never officially put on the IL, but the rumor is that he took batting practice in Cincinnati on Thursday night and that he should be back in the lineup on Friday. Fingers crossed. The the lineup just looks so much better when Rizzo is in it in that three spot. Well, and the way that he was hitting before he took this little back break um, was, you know, I really hope that he can find that again because we know that you know, this, the struggle was there. He hates April. It was there. Um, but he was really making great contact before he went out for a couple of days to, to rest up his back. So I'm really hoping he can find that quickly and get back to, uh, where he was before he went out. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of breaks, we're going to take a little break right now for our sponsors. And on the other side, we are going to talk about the Cubs upcoming series with the nationals. All right, we are back, and the Cubs start a three-game set with the Nationals in D.C. on Friday. You know, you may remember the Nationals from the Cubs playoff series with them in the NLDS a couple of years ago, and they are just, they just have not been <laughs> the same team uh, last year or or this year. They really uh, ended the season weekly last year, and did not um, finish anywhere close to where they hoped they would. Uh, they And this year, they're off to a worse start, worse start. They are 18 and 25 coming into tonight's game against the Cubs. And they are six games behind the NL East leading Philadelphia Phillies, which I, I'm just, I'm kind of shocked about that. They went out and got some pitching help. Their rotation is solid. Andy, what do you think about the Nationals? Well, I know you and I have touched on this briefly previous, but I just don't see um, Davey Martinez is not set up for success in this situation, and I don't see him making it um, even to the All-Star break. But I think that might be 
probably the best thing for him. I don't feel like, you know, for this team having the rotation that it does, I, this is like a huge, um, a huge question mark for me. I just, I don't understand. Um, I don't, I don't get where they're, you know, they didn't really add any major pieces in the off season. Obviously they lost a big one in Bryce Harper. They did. They added Patrick Corbin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And their rotation. Yes. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, they didn't, you're right. Offensively. Okay. Sorry. Continue. I didn't, I I, I was kind of expecting you to read my mind. So I apologize. I meant they (laughs) didn't add any big pieces like to replace the big piece they lost. I should have said it that way. I can only read your mind percent of the time. I know. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Um, (laughs) But that was, that was to me, that was kind of a big deal because I feel you, and you feel like, a momentum thing, a mentality thing for the team. They really needed somebody to fill that those shoes, even if they weren't as big as Bryce Harper. Which you know, the chances are you were not finding anybody as big as Bryce Bryce Harper to come into this lineup. But you needed something. You needed something in there that told this team they were serious. You know, they have the pitching. They want to match it with on you know, and the line and on the offensive side. It just to me, it's just a big question mark. I'm just very confused about what is happening in Washington. I mean, you feel bad because I mean, you know, our good old, uh, two color eye boy, he is amazing. You know, I mean, and I, I hate to see him kind of like stuck in a place where he's not really, you know, you can't see this team go into the playoffs right now. So, so what happens, you know, I mean, good old Max, good old Maxi poo. You want to come to Chicago? I think that we picked John Lester over Max Scherzer, and frankly, yeah, I thought that was, I that was a good decision. Uh, no, the, you're right. They they don't look like a playoff caliber team right now. I got to see the Nationals play when I was out in D.C. for work uh, in mid-April, and they just kind of, I mean, they, they didn't look solid at all. They have had some injury problems. They lost Trey Turner the first week of the season. He broke a finger. He had gotten off to a really hot start and only lasted four games. Um, their best player has been Anthony Rendon. He has also spent time on the disabled list. Juan Soto, who is their second year player that uh, really has been kind of a phenom over there, also spent time on the disabled list. He's just recently off of the DL. And so, you know, the Cubs are going to go in and face a Nationals team that really has been kind of beat up. They are closer to full strength now than they have been at other parts of the season. The Cubs are not walking into an easy situation pitching wise. They have to face Scherzer and Strasburg in this series. And while I know that Hamels and Lester have both been great so far, that Scherzer and Strasburg is a tall order. Those are two pretty great pitchers. I agree. I mean, Scherzer is, you know, obviously one of the best pitchers to have ever played the game. However, I don't think I, I feel like I've seen quite a few runs scored on him this year. And I feel like, I mean, I'm not quite sure if it's the aging or if people are figuring his stuff out or or what exactly it is. But the fact that there's this many runs being scored, even if it, you know, if, I don't know what the average is. I was trying to pull it up real quick, but um to me, that just says a lot. And that kind of opens a door for this offense because I feel like, you know, yeah, we did we get no hit by Scherzer once? No, the, the Cubs were last no hit by Cole Hamels. Oh, and the yes, Cubs have right. not been no hit uh, by anyone <laughs> prior to that for a very long time. It's so... actually, there's a friend of mine keeps a tracker on this for the Well, where is your friend? I need your friend. 
That's for no hit. What do you need? What are you looking for? Uh, no, I'm just thinking because the fact that he's giving up as many runs as he is. Like, if you think to years past, the dominant Max Scherzer that was shutting teams out had extremely low ERA. So I feel like that's still okay for the Cubs. Like, I, like their bats are are super hot right now. They cooled off a little bit in Cincinnati. But I, I feel like they can still go out against him. And, you know, even a run or two, I, I would feel good about that. Um, and, and, you know, I love Max Scherzer. He's such a good pitcher. And um, he is a local St. Louis guy. So I struggle with that, but it's good. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a good pitcher. And if our offense can pull off a run or two, I, you know, they're giving us every chance in the world to win against him. So, well, you know, I, I didn't know Scherzer was a St. Louis guy. We can return to that in a second. Um, I've got yeah. these numbers up right now. He, he has not had the same start that he has had in years past. He's currently sporting a 3.64 ERA. He is, however, um, you know, striking out the land. He has 79 strikeouts at the moment, which is just kind of absurd. He he will give up runs now and again. I was at a game a few years ago, Mother's Day weekend, when he was facing John Lackey. And I remember telling a friend of mine going into (laughs) that game, that the Cubs had no shot because John Lackey is John Lackey and Max Scherzer is Max Scherzer. And of course the Cubs like hit the ever living crap out of the ball early in the game and wound up absolutely demolishing the nationals in that game. Um, And I think they had like five runs on Scherzer by the time he left the game, which so, you know, baseball going to baseball, but uh, interesting side note, the last time, that Max Scherzer and Cole Hamels met up was on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball for the David Bodie Ultimate Grand Slam walk-off. So who could forget Nationals, that? Right. And the Nationals did not win that game either. So, you know, who knows? The Cubs have gotten lucky against Scherzer in the past. Maybe they can get lucky against Scherzer again. Well, and I mean, how frustrated are you as Max Scherzer playing on this Washington team and having a record of two and four? I mean, that's insane to me. And that, I mean, that's, that's telling about a lot of things. So, you know, he might be going out there and striking out the land, but he's obviously getting no offensive support at all. Um, And he's, he is giving up runs. So this is a different Scherzer than what, what, you know, we've seen in years past. And like I said, I just think it's a great opportunity and this would be quite the confidence boost if we can go out and coming off a rough series where we lost to, you know, not a good baseball team beating a pitcher like Max Scherzer. I think that would be, you know, a, a great way to get another streak started. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That would be a nice way to rebound from a disappointing Red Series. The pitcher that I'm actually a little bit more scared of in this weekend series is Steven Strasburg, whose numbers look a lot like Max Scherzer's. He's got a 3.63 ERA. He struck out 75 guys. But in his most recent starts, he's been doing a much better job. And so he um, checking out this right here, it looks like over his last five starts, he's had a 2.36 ERA. Uh, So he is clearly in one of his better moments. And and Strasburg has always been a little bit streaky, but when he gets on a run, he can just become unhittable. He's got some really nasty stuff. I mean, it's just, to me, it's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, I'm looking at the ERA that I am on, on Steven Strasburg and he's, he's at 500. He's three and three this year. Like, this is crazy to me. He again is striking out the land, but 
clearly you're seeing a pattern here and their problem is their offense. They're not getting any support. This poor guy has a three and three record and he's striking out 75 people. I mean, come on now. That's just, that's not okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, and like I said, I just don't feel like Davey Martinez is in a spot to, to be successful. They just didn't really give him a whole lot to work with. Um, on the eff- offensive side, obviously his rotation is stacked, but you know, you can't win games if you don't score runs. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, you're totally right about that. I mean, and these strikeout totals, I agree, are really impressive, particularly when you consider that we're just about a quarter of the way through the season, give or take a game here or there. I mean, those are some really high strikeout numbers from both Scherzer and Strasburg. Uh, Sunday night, we get to see Kyle Hendricks again. He's going to go for incredible start four in a row. Uh, Kyle Hendricks will be facing off against Jeremy Hellickson, and this will once again, for the third weekend in a row, be an ESPN Sunday night game. What do we want to predict first? What the pitching matchup will look like or what the ESPN broadcasters will do this time? Oh, for Pete's sake. So I've already given way too much credit to A-Rod because his um, last week broadcast was not quite as horrendous as the week before. (laughs) So we're split down the middle right now. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he says something completely outlandish just to keep people, um, keep his name in people's mouth because last week he was far too kind to the Chicago Cubs and they actually gave the Chicago Cubs credit. I think he had a lot of positive things to say about Javi Baez. So this week we're definitely going to hear some negativity and, you know, some jabs I'm sure of some sort. So I, I'm, I almost want to put together a bingo game of the things that A-Rod says. Maybe. I'll oh my gosh. That. ESPN Sunday night bingo. We should I think totally I'm going to do, do it. That. Yeah. I think I'm going to do it. I think that's happening. I- I used to use a bingo gener- bingo card generating website when I taught for bingo games in the classroom. We should total. I think we should do this before Sunday, and we could tweet out the card for people to follow along at home. I think I'm gonna do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I like we're it. doing it. It's happening. We're doing it. It's happening. This is what we're doing with our weekend. We're creating ESPN Sunday night announcer bingo. Um, the you know I I don't think I got a chance to tell you this, but on Sunday Arad was. At set up doing some sort of interview at the Starbucks that I go to. Did we talk about this last episode? No. Or did I tell somebody no. else about this? Yeah. So I walk into Starbucks and I can't figure out why there's this huge crowd outside and it's because A-Rod is there. Um, but the best part about this is that like there's this massive crowd outside. It's the Starbucks that's kind of by Wrigley Field. And so yeah. they're all really excited. But inside the Starbucks, all the people who are there just have no idea who this guy is. Um, and so there's literally a conversation going on with one of the baristas. It's like, I don't know why those people care about him. He just looks kind of like a regular guy. And so I mentioned who he was. I was like, That's Alex Rodriguez. He's a former Yankee and a really good baseball player. He works for ESPN now. And somebody and the barista yells to the back, see, his name's Alex, not Alan. <laughs> Apparently. Oh. They had been calling him Alan Rodriguez the whole time he was there, and they were trying to, like, figure out who Alan Rodriguez was. Oh, (laughs) my gosh. That is not okay. I mean, he wasn't even J-Lo's husband. He was Alan Rodriguez. (laughs) I mean, it's a little humorous because the dude could stand to be knocked down a few pegs, but that is that yeah i mean one of the most popular names of you know modern <laughs> pop culture these days and you you can't even get it right i mean come yeah, on. What, what kind of starbucks person are you it was so funny they're like he's here last week too I'm like, 
Oh my God. Yes. And he's probably going to be here next week. So make sure you get it right then. <laughs> right. Totally. Well, he'll be in DC for the Cubs game again, but oh, yeah, yes, he'll be, yes, he'll yes, be yes, back. Yes. So now, you know, his name is not Alan. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Um, all right. I, are there any other things that, what are we looking for from the Cubs bats in DC? I know that I am looking to see if they can take some more walks because it is going to be a really long series if they do this 33 strikeout for walk thing again. I mean, well, and we, you know, we've already touched on the strikeouts that Strasburg and Scherzer have. They're already obviously dominating people. Um, you know, if they can just go up there with the same patience that they had before and be a little bit more selective before this series, you know, they were going up there and you were seeing Javi Baez walk. You were seeing Kyle Schwarber walk. You know, Chris Bryant obviously is, is just so in tune right now and walking, you know, if he's not hitting, he's walking. So if they can go back to that and really just focus on being selective and not, you know, I mean, I know these guys are sick, sick pitchers. They're very good at what they do. So it's not as easy as it sounds, but again, we've had success against both of these guys. We've, we've been able to beat them in the past, so it's not impossible, but it's something that they need to go back to the basics and really you know, focus on where their success came from. And that was, you know, being selective at the plate and, and really, you know, getting deep into pitch counts, I think is maybe even will help them probably not with Strasburg, maybe more so with Scherzer. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that's going to be the key in this whole series, you know, with the, the pitching lineups that we have. Yeah. They've got to be patient and they've got to hopefully take advantage of some mistakes. If they can get, uh, Scherzer and Strasburg out of those games early get to the weaker part of the bullpen that'll be really helpful for the offense as well all right um well Andy that's really all, all I've got do you have anything else here that you wanted to look at before we sign off for tonight um no I I think we're good I'm I'm very interested and and excited to see what we come up with for our um ESPN Sunday Night Baseball bingo so keep an <laughs> eye out for that that I'm yeah, sure yeah. will will you know invoke a few laughs from you folks, but um, you know my big thing is I think it's 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 kind of nice to have a reboot every once in a while. It sucks that we just lost a series to the Reds because obviously that's a team we should beat. But sometimes you need to get knocked down just to find your way back up again. And I think this is a perfect time just to go ahead and start another streak and get hot again. I mean, baseball going to baseball. It's a long season. You're going to win series against teams that and pitching matchups you had no business winning and you're going to lose series against teams that are not very good. It's just one of those things, but I agree. I hope they can get another streak started here against the nationals and then it does not get any easier with the Phillies to open up next week. And we will talk about that on episode six. Have a happy weekend, everybody. And we look forward to chatting with you again on Monday morning. Bye.